we talk about who owns the data point. If we're focused on the new patient coming in the door, who makes sure that experience from the get-go is what we want it to be? If we're focused on new patient initiative, we just rolled out a big marketing plan. What most offices do is they go, how many leads did we get and how many starts did we get? Yep. And the problem with that is, is that there's all these pit holes and or all these like holes that people can fall in in there. You, you don't. You have no idea what's happening. You don't know what part of the team is breaking in this situation. You could get you know, half of those people in the room and then if they're turned off by the experience they're getting by the waiting room, the experience they're getting just through the conversation, the awkwardness of the financial conversation. What, what part of that is breaking within that deal? Because it's a lot of metrics to track. Welcome to another episode of the Full Arch Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more full arch cases so you can grow the way that you want. But if your money isn't right, you're not going to be able to grow. And I have a guest today that's going to actually blow your mind, Mike White, who's the principal at CLA. And he's a CPA that doesn't just look at the numbers, he understands dental. And he's going to touch on a lot of things that you're not going to hear out of the mouth of a CPA usually. And you're going to hear it in a way that, again, is just going to kind of blow your mind that it's coming from somebody who actually does financials. So stay tuned for this one. I promise you're gonna learn something and get some great information. All right, Mike, so why don't you tell me what you guys are seeing that's truly helping people grow their full arch cases? Yeah, no, great, great question. I think a lot of these conversations come into what are we doing to capture the, the marketing dollars? What are we capturing the new patients aspect? So many people I get to meet with, it's about you know what's my return on investment? What's my cost per acquisition of patient? You know, what am I doing in order to make this effective and grow this revenue base? And there's so many aspects. I'm a data guy. I'm analytics. We talk about who owns the data point. If we're focused on the new patient coming in the door, who makes sure that experience from the get-go is what we want it to be? If we're focused on new patient initiative, we just rolled out a big marketing plan. Great. Who's making sure the phones are being answered, the consult transition to uh, actual new cases? You know, all of those data points that have to make a, a pro- practice hum you know, from experience of walking in that patient door, from marketing to say, hey, this is why you need this, to really overcoming the no. Um, you know, this is a big spend. Interest rates are rising right now. Costs are going up all around us. Is this the right time to take on this kind of project? Holidays are going to be here before you know it. So those are the conversations we have a lot with our groups and our clients that we're working with is making sure they understand how to overcome each one of those steps. If they're seeing more no's during a period of time, then great. Then we need to get more at bats. Um, if they're saying, hey, maybe not right now, then we need a strategy to bring them back in at the right time and constantly fill that chair time. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest problems that I run into, and you've probably heard this before, is we're working with a doctor. They'll say, okay, I'm spending $20,000 a month on full arch marketing and I really want to grow. And it's like, okay, great. Let's do it. And then, you know, the, the leads start coming in and, activity starts happening, but it's not converting to full arch cases yet because there's some operational holes in there. So they usually their team doesn't know how to present treatment. Their team doesn't know how to answer basic questions that are a little more complicated from a full arch perspective or whatever it may be. And then so what happens is we t- talk with the doctor. We say, hey, we, we need to get training in here. We need to help start solving some of these problems if you want to grow. And then a week later, they're like, hey, Gary, I talked to my CPA. They said, I got to cancel marketing, change companies because, you know, it's just, we don't have the ROI. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's true. We don't have the ROI, but it's not because 
you know, changing marketing companies isn't going to fix that. No marketing can overcome somebody who doesn't know how to present treatment. And so it's like, I almost want to shake the CPA and be like, you're missing information there, right? Because I'm, I'm a million miles away from them. The CP marketing, uh, an external marketing company is a million miles away from an external CPA company because they're usually just not talking to each other. So do you, do you kind of see that and feel that too? And what are your thoughts oh, on that? Well, it, absolutely. And I think as we start looking at this industry, there's a lot of quote unquote dental CPAs out there. There's a lot of really good ones. Um, there's a lot of dental consultants like myself and who's kind of both. But the reality is when you start looking at marketing dollars, when you start looking at the analytics of the practice, you know, I don't just look at one, the marketing spend to income, which is where CPAs mostly spend their time. That's where most people think about it. I think there's three big measures if we're looking at it. I bet you could point out another three, but we look at cost per acquisition of patient. We look at new patients, the actual patients. We look at the consults, the starts, and we look at that marketing to, you know, or advertising dollars, if you will, to, uh, to income as well. But when you're just looking at one in a vacuum, it's really hard to make a singular decision. Maybe the strategy just has to pivot a little bit. But to your point, Maybe it's also we're getting the phone calls, like we're pulling our registers, like, man, we're getting hundreds and hundreds of calls. They're not coming in or they're coming in and they're leaving. So where along the way is that investment that you're making, not fulfilling the process that you're hoping to achieve? So it's looking at that big picture relative to the overall structure and what you're trying to accomplish. Do you have the chair time? Is it an inconvenient time? Is the financing not lined up appropriately? Do you not have a good payment plan? You know, what are those no's and what are those reasons that we're not getting that case other than just saying 10,000 is too much to spend? Yeah. And those may not be enough to spend. Maybe it's then the right spend or it's just in the wrong bucket. So we really have to analyze that. The other thing, Gary, I see all so much is we have to have things given time. We always look at 90 day points. So if we're going to measure marketing, we're going to measure new patients. Great. And we're going to roll out this strategy, measure it over the next 90 days. If we've seen some, you know, traction on that, and of course, this is an EOS traction thing, but if you see some traction on that, great. Um, we can pivot and look. Otherwise, let's keep rolling down another 90 days. So if we look at this, otherwise, in dental practice, so many analytics and data points, it's whack-a-mole. Yeah. Right? We're going to hit this one, then something else is going to pop up. Hey, sorry to interrupt the show, but I got a segment that's going to bring a lot of value to you. People have been sending in their questions to us, and we want to answer them live on the podcast for you. And today's question comes from Dr. Michael. Dr. Michael asks, should I cut my budget into year because of Thanksgiving and Christmas? And this is a really good question. And I'll be honest with you, most doctors do cut their budget at the end of the year. So this gives you a huge advantage because doctors who are cutting their budget at the end of the year don't realize that there's other doctors that are a little bit more savvy when it comes to marketing are actually keeping their budget or ramping it up. But what they do is they squeeze it into a three-week period. So from November 1st to right before Thanksgiving, they're cramming their full month's budget and they're putting it in that three-week period, same thing in December. And what that does is it creates a ton of new opportunities because you aren't competing against as many people. So my recommendation is to maintain your budget, just squeeze it, and, and you'll get a lot more opportunities because of that. If you want to get your questions answered, send them in to askgary at smcnational.com. Now back to the show. And it's going to mess up everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm totally with you. Yeah. So we have for full arts, we have seven key implant marketing KPIs that we look at from a marketing perspective. Yeah, I knew you would. And, and most of these are not, um, most of these are invisible to most offices. So 
what most offices do is they go, how many leads did we get and how many starts did we get? Yep. And the problem with that is, is that there's all these pit holes and or all these like holes that people can fall in in there. So what you what we look at is we look at, okay, number of leads and then contact rate of those leads. So if you get 100, I'm just going to use round numbers, you get 100 yeah. leads, how many of those did you actually get in contact with? Like that you made contact. Then from there, you want to look at qualified lead. So if you get 100 leads, but you only get in contact with 75 of them, of the 75, how much, how many are qualified both financially and clinically to have that kind of treatment? Because if you're just looking at total leads, then you're going to feel like a complete loser all the time. But total leads doesn't really tell you anything. So then uh-huh. from there, we want to look at qualified lead to schedule rate. So how many of the qualified leads, so let's say out of 100 leads, 50 of them are qualified, how many of those actually scheduled? That's going to tell you on your team uh, who, if they're able to convert people on the phone, we, yep. we offer that as a service for our clients because a lot of offices just don't have the bandwidth to do it. Nope. And then from there, show rate. <laughs> and then from there, qualified consult rate. So out of all the people who showed up, how many of them, again, were qualified for clinically and then financially? And then lastly is the start rate. How many of those actually started? And when you look at your numbers that way, the reason it's so important to do that, you might start with 100 leads you you probably are only going to get three starts out of those 100 leads, right? And most people don't realize this. And so it's like, you have to know where in the funnel those are breaking because it's easy to go from three starts from 100 leads to zero starts from 100 leads. And if you don't have those metrics in place, you have no idea what's actually happening. You, you don't. You have no idea what's happening. You don't know what part of the team is breaking in this situation. You could get you know, half of those people in the room. And then if they're turned off by the experience they're getting by the waiting room, the experience they're getting just through the conversation, the awkwardness of the financial conversation, what, what part of that is breaking within that deal? Because it's a lot of metrics to track. We talk about accountability all the time. You're, I know you're going to look at it the same way. Who owns each one of those metrics? So if something's not working along that line of, of command, who's making sure that that person is getting the right coaching, the training, to make sure, because we don't want to just throw a marketing strategy away because this problem is still here. Yeah. Um, we exactly. got to look at, you know, not every strategy works all the time. There's always going to be pivots. It's your business. It's my business, but we all have to be working together. I think one of the points you made that I didn't say, you're absolutely right. We always talk about building your team. So your marketing folks have to be talking to your CPAs and advisors, have to be talking to your lawyers, insurance. Are we opening, we don't have another provider coming in. We open another location. How does this all play in together within that overall strategy that we're working on? Yeah, I totally agree. And you have to, I love your point about who owns the number because anytime you have shared ownership, it's usually going to fail. And so if it's just like, yeah, no, this is our team. We're all kind of working on it together. It's like, that's going to fail. And it's not because your team's bad. It's because if I think Mike's doing it and Mike thinks Gary's doing it, then that means nobody's doing it. And then we come and we go, why is this not working? And it was like, well, I thought Mike was doing it. I thought Gary was doing it. And so once I say, no, 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 this is Mike's number. Mike owns the show, right? And that's his number. Then Mike's going to focus on it and get it done. So this is not this kind of uh, numbers. Once you develop the numbers, it's not even about uh, um, your your team passing the buck or not wanting to take on It's about you or me knowing what I actually own and focusing on it. That's really it at the end of the day. And your team wants that. We speak a lot to culture. I know, you know, I were chatting about this before we hit record on culture. It's absolutely important. Team wants this. 
in an industry that's growing as fast as it is, and especially when we get into specialty and this full arch specific, you know, side of it, you have less and less people that are available to do this kind of work. We all know coming out of the pandemic, the world shifted a little bit. A lot of people didn't come back to work. So we're training a whole new crop of people on this industry and even, even more on this specialty um, that has to be worked out and understand what the aspects are. So, you know, spending a little bit of time making sure they're representing you, who you are as the provider is so critical. Yeah. So what are some other things that you do specifically? I want to focus on full art folks. How do you help them? So a lot of these things I know you're just an expert in because you've been in the industry for so long. So, you know, these are things that they have to do to be successful, like marketing, like culture, like all these other things, but more specifically in the services that you offer to people, how do you work with full arch offices and help them from a CPA or from a financial standpoint? No, I love, I love this conversation. It's a passion, right? I'm a a serial entrepreneur or business owner myself. I know you are too. You're we always say the story, the foundation is what's so important. So what we have found in this industry, and I have, I have the gray hairs to prove I've been in the industry a long time. It's, it's one of those things that financials are still a problem. Tracking this data is still a problem. There's good KPI systems out there. There's good analytic systems, but they're pulling bad data. Yeah. So if we don't build the foundation correctly, if we don't understand how to track this, the amount of data is coming out, us even faster and more prevalent but we don't know what to do with it. So what our whole passion has been is let's get the foundation right. Let's get your bookkeeping down. Let's get a timely response on the metrics you're looking. Let's look at everything on a trend basis. We love budgets and we track everything from an analytics standpoint to where we get into uh, helping our entrepreneurs, helping our business owners is be very aware of those metrics where we help the greater team, our marketing folks, our HR folks, our you know finance people is being a part of that board of directors, being a part of that advisory group um, our team is, you know, I have a blessing of 9,000 team members all over the nation, but within our, our dental team, it's over a hundred people that are focused on this. And I got over 15 of them that were former CFOs and of DSOs and multi-location groups from one, two locations, the 400 locations and everything in between. Wow. So we have a wide array of experiences and operators and, and people that have been measuring this stuff for quite some time. But it all comes down to accountability, good data, and being aware of what it's telling you and then making decisions quickly off of it. How do you, how do you actually get good data? Because as you know, <laughs> as yep. you know, it's not, if it was just simple, like everybody would already be doing it, but it's not. I know. So, so what are you guys doing to walk through that? Yeah. That's a great question. I mean, yeah, since we're still dealing with a lot of dashboard and, and PM systems that are born out of the 90s and 80s and all this stuff and haven't evolved a whole lot. Um, we have a lot of great analytics tools. We've built our own scrapers and scrape data out of, out of these systems as well. But we're actually getting to the root of the process. You know, we spent the first part of this conversation talking about everybody knowing their job. We need to make sure that the front desk knows what the end of day close process looks like. We need to make sure they understand and we're consistent on tracking what a new patient is and what that means within the system and how that that translates. If the patient hasn't been back for quite some time, are they a new patient or are they not? So it really gets critical into everybody actually knowing their job. And you don't hear this from a CPA very often, but this is where it's important for us. If we're going to consult on data, we need to make sure that foundation is built out properly. Mm. We've standardized chart of accounts on the financials. We've built it out on the specialty. We know the benchmarks by marketplace, by state, by city, 
um, by geographic code. And we do a really good job kind of fine tuning that and, and, you know, having great relationships like you um, to help us. And that's really what's been the most important is we've built a great network. Um, and this is why we're talking today of people that share insights, share information, do education just like this um, and continue to elevate the market. That's awesome. If someone wants to reach out to you and learn more about what you guys do, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah. If you, you don't see me at one of the 30 conferences I speak at, um, you know, email is the longest and hopefully we can publish that at the end, but it's just mike.white at claconnect.com. Um, so this is Mike White here and uh, phone number is 469-974-6693. Awesome, man. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great day.